Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today. If you're interested in learning more about a business line of credit, which I would highly recommend, uh, over my 30 years, I almost always had a line of credit in place, uh, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years plus, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Matt Ostenek from Grateful. Uh, Matt Ostenak is a serial entrepreneur who has founded four startups. In 2019, he started working on Grateful, which is the name of his company, a new platform that helps socially good businesses participate in Grateful Giving by donating to their customers and employees' favorite nonprofits. In today's world, social good has never been important, more important uh, and is a powerful tool for businesses to increase customer retention and employee engagement. Matt, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you, Stephen. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And it's a great topic. I you know, love these unique topics. I think it's, it's, uh, it's great. So when you had the four businesses that you started, did you ever use uh, social good as a uh, as a as a uh, oppor- opportunity to to help and build the business? Not as much as I should have earlier in my career, uh, and it's really interesting to give you a little bit of background, the short version on myself, but what led me down this path of talking more about social good and ultimately starting Grateful a couple of years ago when I was younger. Um, in college and high school, my career goal was actually to be an architect. I wanted to design buildings. I thought that was the best career and was personally passionate about it. I went to college for that and actually started my career working as an architect at architecture firms. And when you work as an architect, social good and public good is a really important part of that particular profession. When you're designing buildings, there's a lot of thought that goes into the impact that a building has on the people that use it, but also the communities that are they're located in as well. I accidentally fell into the tech space a few years into my architecture career. I came up with an idea to start a software company that provided software for architects and contractors. Uh, and at the time, I thought I'd go do that for a couple of years, then go back to being an architect full time. And that was almost 20 years ago now. And I'm still in the tech space starting new things. And I found that I love, I love creating tech products and new businesses just as much as I love designing buildings. But what's been interesting in the tech space, there's so much amazing energy around tech startups in particular, so many brilliant ideas and great um, businesses being built out there. Very little discussion around social good and public good. Uh, Almost an absence of conversation about that. Like there's discussion around it if you know where to look for it in the tech space, but it definitely is not prevalent across particularly the tech startup scene in the U.S. today. Uh, And I think I fell into a bit of that same trap as I was building my first couple of businesses in that space as well. Built good businesses, but social good was less of an impact in that. It was more focused on making money for investors and building cool products. And a couple of years ago, I had a chance to recenter myself and reflect on what I wanted to do next and really think about what I've learned from 
two different career paths from working as an architect, but also working as a tech entrepreneur, that gosh, there really needs to be more effort put into how do we use technology and business to really have a bigger, broader social impact and to do more social good today. So sorry, that's even more long-winded than I intended, but that's how I got into the path of what I'm doing with Grateful today. And to answer your question yeah. from what I've learned right. from that, if that makes sense. So like, you know, I'm 57 years old, I'm old school. I'm not you know, and personally old school, but I, you know, when I, when I think of social good for a company, I think about if it helps the bottom line and if it helps some aspect of my business, employee retention, uh, a variety of different factors, you know, the old school of me says, if those conditions are not met, then, uh, you know, I donate a lot of money to nonprofits on my own, mm-hmm. right? Now, so I think I believe that there should be a, a component of uh, that that the social benefit that you're doing is benefiting the company from from some standpoint. Is that not the way you think you should look at it? What I find with other businesses that work with Grateful is that they are interested in social good because it's the right thing to do. It fits with their personal values as business founders, business leaders. Let me talk more about that in a second as well. But that's really what draws people into it. But an extra benefit of it is it it has a boost for businesses. Uh, and particularly what we do with Grateful is we work with companies that use Grateful for customer giving programs where businesses can donate automatically from purchases to each of their customers' favorite charities, potentially across thousands or tens of thousands of charities. And when you do that with technology and engage that as part of your brand promise to customers, it is incredibly powerful. Customers stick with you longer. They spend more with you. It ultimately pays for itself because of that customer growth that comes for it. But again, most businesses we find get into that because it's part of their values, not something they're doing just because they want to sell more if that makes sense as well. But to to jump back a second to something else you said there, and I'd be curious for your thoughts on this. My experience in talking with other entrepreneurs and business founders is there's three big drivers that causes people to start their own businesses, to become entrepreneurs, right? Um, There is a desire for more flexibility and freedom and control. Those things kind of get wrapped together, depending on the terminology you want to put around it, but ultimately being in charge or having control over direction and strategy and product and so on. Uh, There's a desire for economic benefits and economic success. And then there's a desire to make a difference, to really make an impact, to do something to help people as well. Those are the three big things that seem to be recurring themes in many entrepreneurs that I talk with. And that last one about making a difference, about making an impact, if part of that, part of your values as an entrepreneur is to make an impact to help your customers, but also to help people that are most in need, then social good is a really natural fit with those values as well. Uh, I'm curious for your thoughts on that. I mean, you visit, you've got tremendous entrepreneurial experience. You visit with so many entrepreneurs on your show. I mean, how does that fit with what you've seen for why people start businesses? Well, I mean, the number one reason why people start businesses, um, and this is from direct experience because I know hundreds of business owners, is control. They want control over their future. They want control over how much they can work, what they can work on. They want control on how much they can make. That's the number one reason. They don't, you know, they don't kind of want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a financial financial. It's not the number one thing. Financing, mm-hmm. you know, making uh, a lot of money is not the number one thing. And I'm talking about direct experience where 
where I've mm-hmm. had direct experience, not through the podcast, but with other uh, entrepreneurs. And these are sizable businesses. These are not small businesses. These are, you know, a 10 million to, you know, 20 million, $30 million type of companies. Um, so that's a, that's a different way of answering your question. The second mm-hmm. thing I would tell you is that uh, 15 years ago, maybe it was, I was a, a lecturer. I, I gave a speech at a uh, social entrepreneurship conference. It's what was one of the first of its kind at Rutgers University, right? And and so over the last 15 years or so, I've seen this whole idea behind social entrepreneurship um, spread. Right, the idea of solving problems through uh, creating a business, and I'm skeptical. I really am. I'm very, very skeptical. Um, I think that's a nonprofit. I don't think that's a business. I think the purpose of a business is, in most cases, to generate a profit for the shareholders, rather than be the owner or, or, or investors or whatever. I think when you mix the two, it it gets really clouded. That's why I think you can still cover this topic of how businesses can use social good if if the social good is if they play hand in hand. If the if if the social good helps in the bottom line of what the company is making. And I'm not saying you it it doesn't need to be uh what's the right word uh, uh, uh devious that you're doing it that way. Uh you know, I think if it helps you retain employees, if it, it if it if it if it helps you get more customers, if it if you send if you're sending the message with your your employees that you know I expect that we expect you to do more than just work here that you should be giving back, I think those are all positive things. But you know, I don't spend a lot of space, time in the social entrepreneurship space at hardly any. So I don't know if companies that have just just done social entrepreneurship are super successful. I'm fearful that the people who, the young people who start their businesses with the idea that they want to solve world problems or whatever, you know, it are being misled. But I don't have a lot of experience in it. So, what about you? What What have you found? I think you raise valid points, and I appreciate your perspective on it as well. I do think there's generational differences that are happening around this as well about expectations for businesses, but particularly with younger employees about where they work, but also who they choose to do business with, who they purchase from or shop at yeah. or spend their dollars at as well. And that's having an important impact on this space um, as well. I, you know, social, social good is incredibly important. Not every business is going to buy into it. Totally understand that. I think those that do will be more successful. They'll be more profitable. They'll grow stronger, but that's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to do it. It's not going to be a fit with everyone's values as well. And it's actually almost easier for those that do believe in it to stand out because of that. They're going to be different than the norm, which is fantastic as well. Um, You know, it's not a substitute 
social good's not a substitute for running a good business as well. You know, as a business person myself, and as I know you are, right, just because you've got a great mission, that doesn't substitute for all the other things. Like you still have to do everything else it takes to execute on an effective business, including having a good financial plan, you know, making a product that creates value for your customers, nurturing those relationships, effective sales and marketing, all of those things. Social good doesn't substitute for those things, but it is an important additional piece of the puzzle, I think, for certain businesses where it fits with their values as well. Two things I would mention, one that's been on the news a lot recently, Patagonia as a company. They're not the only example, but they're certainly a more publicly known one um, that's been in the headlines even recently where you know their mission is a social good-driven mission. In their case, it happens to be particularly environmentally focused. There's Social good doesn't have to be environmental focused, but certainly there are many folks that take it that way, and I think that's terrific. They've been hugely successful as a business. Uh, incredible, the founder, incredibly generous, including with his move to basically give away 98% of the company to a nonprofit that's going to continue that mission as well. That's one great example that's captured a lot of news that I think is causing a lot of entrepreneurs to think more. Uh, another one is the B Corp moment, uh, movement. Are you very familiar with the B Corporation movement and how B Corporations work? Well, why don't you uh, tell us about it? Sure. So B Corporations, um, and again, I apologize, you might have great experience with this as well. We hadn't talked about this before, but for listeners that aren't familiar with B Corporations, B Corporations are a new form of business entity. Uh, they exist as a legal entity that 40 states recognize in the U.S. There's also an optional certification process with a third-party measuring stick to evaluate performance, but they are the idea of a for-profit business having a social mission as well. So using profits for purpose. Uh, and I agree there's some generational differences on this, and it's not a fit for everybody, but there's huge and growing interest in that movement. There are 5,000 B corporations globally. There are certified B corporations that have gone through a third-party certification process. There are many more that have formed illegally. There's about 2,000 of them in the U.S. Grateful recently completed the certification process, so we are a certified B corporation as well. And ultimately, when I'm explaining that to someone that's not familiar with B corps, I talk about we're a for-profit company. We're trying to make money, but our intent is to use the money, not just to enrich the owners, but to use it to, for social good, to further that mission, to grow the impact that we're able to make. That's our why. That's why we are doing that as well. And I think with the growing interest in the B Corp space, there's a movement around this. Small relative to the overall landscape of businesses in the U.S., but there's definitely a tremendous interest and growth around that. How, as well. how, did, how do you think the beef movement? How did you think the it was the IRS who recognized it? Who you know? How do you think it got started? You know, it's a great question. I apologize. I actually don't know enough of the original, very first history on it as well. And actually, I, the B corporations are not taxed any differently. They still pay normal corporate taxes. Doesn't change your. It's tax just a certification. Well, there's a legal basis for it, and then there's also an optional certification. And the certification is the higher bar, right? To have an outside third party really look at everything you're doing with your business to see if you're actually walking the talk that you say you're interested in. So, so is Panagonia well. uh, a, a B certified business? They are, yes. Okay. They're one of the largest ones, which is terrific. On the legal side of it, and I'm sure you're well familiar with this with your businesses, right? When you legally form a corporation in the U.S., 
you have a fiduciary duty to your shareholders to maximize return to shareholders, right? That's ultimately what you can be measured on. In theory, you could be sued on it if you weren't living up to that duty to really do what's in the best interest for shareholder return. From a legal standpoint, the legal language around B corporations is that you have a dual duty to shareholder return, but also to whatever your stated social purpose or mission is as well. And so you're allowed to make business decisions that, you know, you could make a decision that furthers your company's mission, the good you're trying to do, that doesn't necessarily maximize shareholder return as well. And so it allows a balancing of those two interests Mm. um, that I think is very important for companies that believe in this type of thing and want to pursue it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, we, uh, uh, I, uh, I'm in charge of the marketing part of financing solutions. So I was talking to my business partner. And so, you know, he and I were already donating, you know, large amounts of money to nonprofits. So, I said, you know, when I added it all up, I was like, well, we're already giving away 10% of our our profits to nonprofits. We might as well just put it on our website. You know, I mean, I certainly know the the the, the history of companies like Starbucks and, and other, you know, the, the movement over the last 20, 30 years to use social good as a advantage for a company. And, you know, I'm, I don't know the statistics, but I, I think certainly a lot of very smart accounting firms or, or consulting firms have done the analysis to show that firms that have a social conscious to it tend to do better on return on investment than those who don't. And, that is correct. Or, yeah. And you can have the reverse too. Ones that don't have any social conscious probably do worse, right? So uh, in general. So- so, you know, we, 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 we have that on our website and, uh, uh, so, you know, what, ha- what could you tell us about what w- the benefits of doing social good as a company for profitable reasons? So we work with businesses that use grateful software for social good and specifically how they do it is with customer giving programs. So I'll give you some examples from that specifically. So a customer giving program is where a business says, Hey, we're going to give a portion of our sales or of our profits to not just charities that we pick as the company, which is the traditional way of doing it. And is a great way to do it. And I appreciate that you and many other companies are very charitable already. A customer giving program is where you broaden that and you say, hey, it's not just what we're going to pick as the company, it's that we're going to give to things that our customers care Mm -hmm. about. And of course, if you have 10 customers, you can go do that manually. And there's companies that do that already today. You can do that manually with 100 customers. When you try to do that at scale, it gets a lot harder without automation and technology around it. That's where Grateful steps in. So we set up an integration with our software with your customers, no matter what type of business you're in, customers or clients, depending on the space you're in. You can set up the dollar amounts and parameters around that, but you're going to offer to donate to charities that your customers care about. And the really cool thing of that, people are deeply passionate about many different types of causes. And many businesses have customers in diverse geographic locations as well. Most people like to give locally. Uh, They might care about things like local food pantries or homeless shelters or animal shelters or veterans groups or children's groups. Uh, There's thousands and thousands of groups. People have different things they care about because of their past experiences, their lived life experiences as well. And when you set up a program using Grateful that allows you to give to all those diverse types of groups, it builds a deeper connection with yourself and those customers. 
And what we see from that, two things. Not everybody cares about giving, but many people do. There's about 160 million people in the United States that donate to charities each year. So that's not everybody, but that's a significant portion of the population. That, that audience, people that care about giving, in the studies we've done, they've told us 91% of them say they're more likely to do business with businesses that are willing to support something they personally care about. So if a business generally says, hey, yeah, we donate and we donate to this particular cause that we pick, like, that's a positive. But if they say, we'll donate to this cause that you care about, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, like that's even more attractive and powerful. And then those customers that choose to participate in the customer giving program, not everybody will, but those that say, yeah, that's great, they will spend on average 17% more with your business as well. Mm -hmm. So you will more than pay for itself. I view that as win-win because it's generating additional dollars for local nonprofits that need every bit of additional help they can get in today's world with growing societal challenges. But it also is going to increase sales and revenue for your business as well. It's an all-around way to do more good while also growing your business and helping causes in need. So it's very powerful from what we've seen. So how do how do you uh, how does grateful work? Um, you how, how do you just give me a s- snapshot on on the process? Yeah, so grateful is a technology platform that our our customers are socially good businesses. We also work with nonprofits that we support. We don't charge anything to nonprofits to send donations to them. We we do charge businesses a subscription fee for using the platform. But they typically set it up with integrations where we connect to their other software tools. They set up these customer giving programs. So, for example, we work with a gym and fitness chain based out of Florida uh, where they've set it up. So their members, they donate 1% of their membership fees to their members' favorite charity. So if you're a member at their gym, then when you sign up or when they started use of Grateful, you get an email saying, hey, sign into the Grateful site to pick one or more favorite charities to select to donate those percentages to. Or we work with a, um, a snack food company out of the Philadelphia area, but that does work nationwide, where they've set it up when you purchase their products off their website, they're going to make a donation to your favorite charity or offer it to. And so when you make a purchase, you also get an email from them with a link to set up your Grateful profile with the charities that you care about as well. Those are both B2C examples. We work with many B2B businesses that use it with their clients and customers as well. Uh, it's equally applicable in both spaces. Uh, if you've ever heard of Amazon Smile as an example that comes up, it's a program that Amazon runs where if you pick a favorite charity with Amazon, then when you're purchasing off Amazon's website, they'll donate a half a percent to that charity. Grateful is similar-ish, but for every other business not named Amazon. So whereas Amazon Smile is an internal system for their use, Grateful works with businesses in many different industries and locations all across the country to enable similar type of customer giving for their customers and clients, if that makes sense. So uh, how, how long have you been doing Grateful now? So I started working on Grateful three years ago, and we really just started marketing it to businesses nationwide last summer, so summer of 2021. So still relatively still small, still relatively new. Uh, but so far, we've worked with businesses and nonprofits in 46 states. Um, we've actually sent donations that customers have picked through our platform to about 1,500 nonprofits across the U.S., uh, and we view this as a global platform. We're starting in the U.S. because it's where we're based, but we think there's lots of opportunities for this in other countries as well. So it's early stages, but some really exciting traction so far. So uh, from let's uh, step out of the idea of trying to promote social uh, 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 good just for a second and sure. talk about talk about your business. What 
what has been the number one biggest problem that you've experienced with Grateful? Is it the chicken and egg thing, you know, getting the nonprofits to sign up so that you have lots of places to send the money to? I wouldn't think that's much of an issue, but <laughs> you said you have 1500 um, or is it to, you know, I, I would think it's getting people convinced that to use social good, right? Yes. I, so I'll give you a broad answer and then I'll drill into grateful specific. I'll say I have a bad tendency in my career as an entrepreneur is I really get excited about creating new things, things that don't already exist. Uh, and particularly, you know, in the software space, right? There's a lot of, Hey, there's this other product. I'll, I'll, this is just a your example, you know, pick on CRM systems or accounting systems, right? I'll go create a different type of accounting system for this specific industry or with this specific feature that nobody else has. That's really cool. Um, what I've been more focused on, let's go create some concept that nobody else has right now and try and do something really original versus improving on an existing idea. I love that type of creation. Personally, it it drives me. It's also incredibly challenging in all my businesses. When you're trying to create something new and convince people to try something new, and as you probably know, there's a certain smaller percent of the population that's willing to be early adopters in trying new things and giving feedback on that as well. But that's the biggest challenge in Grateful, and it has been with my past businesses as well, so I'm used to it. Yeah. When yeah. we go out and we talk to businesses that are interested in socially good um, or willing to consider it or maybe already do some sort of giving, I will tell you that Probably about 80% of the time, the feedback we get is, yeah, we'd be willing to offer this in the future when our customers tell us they would like us to do this. <laughs> and so that's the chicken and the egg problem in terms of getting feedback to businesses demonstrating that their particular customer base would be interested in this, which I know they would be because we're seeing this demonstrated in all sorts of businesses and industries and locations as well. But showing that to business owners that say, this sounds nice, but I don't know anybody else that's doing this. And I'll wait and consider when my customers tell me they're interested in it as well. Well, it certainly catches my attention when you mention Amazon Smile, which, you know, I think <coughs> I knew a little bit about that. Did the idea, you know, did the idea of Grateful come about because you saw what Amazon Smile was doing and you wanted to apply that same model to smaller businesses? Uh, actually, it did not. We kind of backed into it from a discovery process over the past couple of years of what really the right way is to use tech in this space. My original idea with Grateful was just I wanted to use my technology skills to build something, a tech product that would help do more social good and really help people and communities in need. And I, I started exploring how to use tech for nonprofits. There's a lot of tech tools for nonprofits already, right? There's lots of nonprofit CRMs. There's lots of plugins for nonprofit websites to collect credit cards. I didn't feel like I needed to, re to do something that a lot of other people were already doing very well. And I built an initial version of Grateful a couple of years ago that was just a mobile app on my phone and sort of working with donors about helping them find new nonprofits to connect to. That led down a journey of discovery, as any new business is, to then working with business owners about how they could use the tools with their businesses. We started working with some businesses that were using this with employees, and we have customers that still do that today for employee-giving programs. But then we started to see more interest from companies we were talking with about customer-giving programs and spending time digging into how to build out those features as well. And that really led us down the path of customer giving program like like programs like I'm describing that happen to be similar to Amazon Smile, which I mentioned because many folks in the nonprofit space are familiar with that, of course. Um, but we kind of backed into it. We didn't start out with that original idea, but we found that's where the opportunity is. That's where the metrics support it from a growing your business standpoint. 
And that's where there's not a lot of activity yet. Um, you know, building a platform to donate to any nonprofit in the country and someday the entire world across thousands of different customers, like that's not an easy challenge. That's it's possible, but it's not something you go out and do in a couple of days' work. And there's not a lot of other activity in that space yet. There will be others, I'm sure. But that's really what led us down this path um, of growing into that space and solving that particular need. Is there a demographic as far as uh, age group demographic that it's it's an obvious delineation between those who expect companies to donate and those who don't? So if your customers are under 30 <laughs> years, of old, years old, they are going to be really into social good as uh, they want to see that component in your company. You know, is there an age delineation between ones that don't think about it as much and ones that really think about it? Yes, it's not. There's not a hard line, but there definitely is a sliding scale. You know, I would say um, for anyone under the age of 45, it's the topic. It's a topic, but certainly under the age of 30 or 35, it starts to become more of an expectation. And yeah. it's never 100%. 100% of the world doesn't care about a giving. Yeah, 100% of sure. the people in the U.S. don't care about it. But many, many people do. And those that do are passionate and important about it. Um, I was talking to a, an expert in um, brand psychology recently. And he was sharing with me some of the research he's seen around, you know, how important it is when people are making purchasing decisions that the brands they choose to trust in, that that overlays with their own sense of personal identity. So if giving and caring is part of your personal identity, then doing business with companies that give is very important to you as well. And again, when they can, those companies can personalize it, the stuff that you personally care about, it's just incredibly powerful. There's also changing attitudes or generational differences around how public versus private to be with these topics as well. You know, I will say when I um, talk to business owners that are over the age of 65, the most common answer I get is, well, yeah, we give, but that's private. We wouldn't talk about that. We don't share who we give with. That's something you keep to yourself. And I respect that as a generational opinion. But, you know, the difference of that opinion versus someone who's 30 or 35 or the Venmo generation used to be more transparent about finances and purchases and what you believe in big generational shifts in that as well. So I don't expect every business to jump on board with this type of concept, but the, the ones that are looking at the future and that understand the potential in the space and where it aligns with their values, they will consider it very closely because it's definitely what we're seeing with a, a generational and a population shift to have a much stronger interest in these topics. Yeah. I, the reason, uh, the other reason why I asked that question was the idea that if you, if your client's uh, age is under, you know, 30, then I can see where, you know, grateful would be, you know, you almost have a multiplier effect because it's like, not only are you, your is your company giving money, which is what people expect, but you're giving the control back to your, your, your customer, number two. And number three is the money's going. So there, you know, you, you don't have somebody who's making up uh, oh yeah, well we give you know one percent of our 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 revenue to nonprofits. You you and the, okay, well you know show me the proof, right? Here you you know it's well you kind of know it's going through because I don't know if people I don't know if you promote the idea that you're going through a third party software to donate the money and that's that's a better thing I think. Uh, are those valid uh, uh, reasons why? Uh, it would be good to use Grateful? 
those are those are valid reasons. Those are great reasons. Uh, transparency, right? I think yes. you know, people like transparency. They like seeing how dollars are flowing. They like seeing that people and companies are walking the talk. They're doing what they're saying they're going to do, right? That their actual actions fit with the marketing messages they're sending about being socially conscious. So this is a great way to do that. And yes, Grateful is a it is clear that it's a third party platform. Companies that use us can put their branding in it. So, you know, when a company invites you to set up a grateful giving account, like it'll be clear the invitation came from them with their branding because it's an extension of their marketing. But I do think it's also clear it's a third party platform. And we inform people and say, hey, this might be the first time you've ever heard of Grateful and the first business has ever offered it to you. But our vision of the world is that someday many businesses you shop and buy from and do business with will offer this. So set up your profile now for the nonprofits you care about. So this is ready for you as you start to engage with other businesses. We also recently have launched what we call an ambassador program where we're asking people that are particularly passionate about this to help us connect with new businesses um, to share the share the message, right? I mentioned the chicken and egg problem before about business. Most businesses say, "Sounds great, Matt, but we'll we'll consider it more when our customers tell us they want it." Right? So we've launched an ambassador program to ask people to help us spread the word. And the way that we do that is they can set up an individual can set up a free user account in Grateful. If they choose to, they can connect a debit or credit card to it automatically using Plaid, which is a third party platform for connecting credit and debit cards. It's the biggest provider in that space. When they do that, when they make purchases from other businesses, the business name can automatically be passed to Grateful and we can match them against our database. Our software does this automatically. There's no one manually looking at it, but we automatically can see is that other business participating? And if they're not, we'll reach out to that business and ask them to participate and tell them one of their customers is interested in this as well. That's an early stage program for us, but another way that we're trying to grow the grow, spread the word, grow the platform, help connect more businesses with this great tool for the future. Mm. All right. Well, uh, it's kind of all the time we have for today. I think the thing that I would do as soon as uh, maybe some of our listeners get off uh, of this podcast, they'll you know, maybe just go take a look at Grateful, see if it's a good fit for you for what you're trying to do. I think it is you know, for a lot of people. I, I think it's measurable too. You know, I, you know, I think that's the one thing I would think about, you know, uh, you know, Matt probably sending and giving people lots of statistics about companies that have, you know, implemented this type of program and stuff that I know you're relatively new. Three years is is relatively new. So, um, you know, so let me just say, uh, you know, I'd like to thank Matt Ostenak from Grateful for coming on today's podcast if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, please also give us a review if you like today or any of our other podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. We have over 10,000 listeners now. And you can call us too if you're looking for a line of credit for your business at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline. Dot com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Matt, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Thanks for the opportunity to be here, Stephen. Best way to get in touch is to go on our website. It's begrateful.org, begrateful.org. Uh, lots of great information on there. Great form to reach out to us. would love to talk more to businesses and nonprofits that have interest in this topic. Yeah, so I, you know, the takeaway that I got from today, um, you know, it's something that Financing Solutions does already, um, but you know, you got to compete. Uh, and right now, customers, they're, they're all, 
they're looking for that. They're looking, let's, let's face it, they're looking for companies to be socially good. Now, listen, uh, I worked for Xerox 30 years ago for eight years. That's how I started my career. And uh, they were a very socially conscious company. They were very ahead of their game. And I was very proud to work for that company. And some of what they did, I you know, had that throughout my career in my own companies. So it's, I think it's a no-brainer that you have to do something when it comes to social, socially good or social goodness. And uh, I think Matt's company, uh, um, we don't use it as a company. Uh, I didn't know about it. But I think you should look at Grateful. It could be a good way to really kind of give the power, the multiple power back to your customers. So other than that, everybody, have a great day. I just want to remind everybody, all entrepreneurs out there, that this is a, a marathon to be an entrepreneur, not a sprint. So make sure you're taking really good care of yourself. Everybody have a good day.